Welcome to the Waybox podcast. We'll be chatting to some of the most influential people in the UK health and fitness industry, finding out a little bit more about the people behind the profiles. So whether you're on the treadmill, commuting to work, or simply chilling at home, we hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome back to the Waybox podcast. I'm here with Ben. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very excited. We've been on a bit of a hiatus, but we are back we are. with some very special guests today. But before we get on to that, we are here with some very special guests. And I say guests plural because we have two people in the studio. First up, we are joined by presenter, popcorn addict and body confidence advocate, Chessie King and her partner in crime, Matthew Carter, a personal trainer and co-host of the Three Dumbbells podcast. <laughs> woo woo woo! Welcome. Right You're welcome. You. Did I miss anything out? No. I don't think so. That was it. That's spiller of water. I just came into the studio and spilled water everywhere yeah. and there's definitely electrical. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> preface to this interview is that we've had water spilled all over and Tally has just met Judy Murray. Yes! Yeah, yeah I did just <laughs> meet Judy Murray. Side note, you should know this fun fact about me. I absolutely adore tennis. I love watching it. I'm a massive Andy Murray fan. I have never picked up a racket seriously in my life, so I can't play. But Judy Murray and Andy Murray are just genuinely some of my biggest heroes. And I, I just met Judy giddy, Murray. I am. I'm a little bit. If we just go a bit crazy today, you know why. Anyway, this isn't about me and Judy. This is about Chessie and Matt. So we're going to start at the beginning because I really love sitting down with people and just hearing their story. And I know you guys from social and I've obviously followed you and you're my friends. But I want to know the whole picture. I want to go back to the beginning. Chessie, like, when did you start getting into fitness and what was your kind of teenage years like? So I've always been brought up with fitness. Mm. Um, I've kind of grown up with my mum and dad being, actually my mum and then my mum forcing my dad into just keeping yourself really healthy and fit. And my mum would always make meals from scratch. And I just grew up on basically kale and yoga um, <laughs> with a cake. <laughs> <laughs> cake and yoga. That's a really good combination. Yeah. And mum would always go out for runs and she'd always be doing marathons. And then it developed into triathlons. And for my dad's 40th, I think she bought him a triathlon. And he was like, is this a present for me or you, for you to get me fitter? I think I've just, from a young age, always been very aware that my parents are very fit. And my friends would always be like, oh, yeah, go on the king's holiday, take your running shoes and then work out for the whole holiday. Because obviously they saw that my parents were, were always running and in the mornings and whatever. So I think I soaked it all up when I was younger. But actually, when I got to my teenage years I started to completely rebel against yeah and my mom would be making these meals for us taking a packed lunch or we'd have friends around and all my friends would be going why do you have rice cakes and almond butter I've got crisps in my bag and I'd be like oh well I want crisps I don't want my rice cakes and everyone would say they were polystyrene tiles and all of this and this was <laughs> I think I grew up just thinking oh my god why is my mum forcing this upon me and she mm. wasn't it was more to educate me and now I appreciate it all but back then it really made me think oh all my you god. want is a McDonald's yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually that's like chocolate was never in the house so yeah. popcorn would actually be my naughty treat and that would be like that 
that's how I became so obsessed with it because my mum would always have it in the cupboards and instead of obviously a packet of crisps or whatever, she knew that it was better for me. So I'd always have popcorn. But I think it was about 15, 16 that I realised that I was taller than all my friends, mm. that all my friends called me mum. And Did there was, they? yeah, that was all, there was in one moment where I was walking and one of my friends was very tiny, like five foot, five foot. I think <laughs> five foot, five foot. Um, I mean, I'm not far from that, so we're not no, that small. Well, no, actually, I think she was smaller. But we were shopping, and we looked in the reflection of the glass, and she went, "Oh my god, this is so embarrassing." I was probably about five eleven at the time. Grew very quickly at sixteen, and just haven't really stopped. And she was like, "Oh, this is so embarrassing. It looks like I'm shopping with my mum." And I was like, "Oh," so she distanced herself from me, and she wouldn't walk next to me. And it was kind of like fifteen, sixteen that I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so much bigger than all my friends and all of this." And I think with obviously my mum helping me with food and trying to educate me, I kind of thought, oh, I'm not going to eat that and I'm not going to do what you've said Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to exercise or do this. But it's only until I realised that she was doing it in a nice way and actually got into fitness and myself without like being forced upon it and actually learned and really tried to educate myself. And it has taken me so long. I mean, eight years from, well, 16, 24 now, to actually really understand what it is for my body Mm. and what fitness is to me and health and everything. And I am, I'm a personal trainer, but I don't actually train one-on-one, but I have that knowledge and understanding. And I just try and learn everything for for my body and then try and share my experience for Mm. other people. And hopefully it helps them get through that stage that I went, which was an extreme of being underweight. Because you were a model, weren't you? Well, I did model for a little bit and they told me at a size, I was probably a size 10, a healthy size 10. And I was adamant at 16 that I was a healthy size. Mm. And I was really like, because my mum had drummed it into me that you are a healthy size and you are mm. the real shape and whatever. And this was when magazines were out. This was way before Instagram. So we'd always look at magazine mm. and, and it got to the point where it was very unhealthy and agencies were saying, were turning me away saying, you need to lose at least two stone. Which all is going to take an effect on a teenager. Of course. Because- and I was strong, but even being a strong girl and being like, no, 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 I want to stay this size, but I want to prove the agency's wrong. It did take a battling. Yeah. And there's only so much you can take of going to a casting and then trying to fit you into a size four, size mm. six, English size, UK size. And then in front of everyone, like I felt humiliated because I was like, you know my size. Why are you trying to squeeze me into this? Yeah. And it did take a real, it, it did. And it really did affect me. And I'd go a day without eating anything wow. and I'd get home and be proud of myself because I hadn't eaten anything and then go to a casting being like I'm going to be able to fit into that and that's really where my unhealthy habits started mm. but it has taken me all of this time to actually realise and it's only the last year really that I've actually understood food for what it is and becomes like friends with it again yeah and I think you're so right it takes time it doesn't happen overnight does it no I know we kind of promote a very similar kind of body confidence message on social media and I'm sure you get a lot of people saying how do I do this overnight and you're like it doesn't happen overnight it takes years and you've got to go on that journey with your body and like I think it's similar with guides but obviously that's new into 
sharing this with mm. guys and obviously Matt will talk about this but I think that girls spoke about it and we've gone from comparing ourselves to magazines and looking at I remember looking at the things that say what a celebrity eats in a day yes. and it'd be like for breakfast a bowl of special K yes. then it would go three carrot sticks as a snack with, and then with hummus with- yeah and then it would ca- calculate yeah. to like 300 calories in the day and I'd be like oh well if she's eating that she I looks like good that too. and now it's Instagram yeah. and now we're suffocating yeah. with all of this information on Instagram and I think that you have to go through that journey I'd never wish it upon anyone going through those extremes that we've been Mm -hmm. through but also you have to kind of go through that to learn it and to actually realise that there's so much more to life than looking a certain way and I still am guilty of it. I still look at myself or, or other people and it takes me five seconds to realise, oh my God, Chess, I have to like pep talk and be like, you don't need to compare yourself to that because you're so much happier. Absolutely. And you've come so far with your body. You've been a tiny, tiny size. You've been an athletic size for bikini competition and you've also rebelled against it all and mm. been a lot, You've yeah, you look very healthy and wholesome. But... I think now is just like, oh my God, I just want to live my life. Mm. Fitness for me is a way out and it's an Mm. hour of my day if I get to do Mm. it or 45 minutes that takes me out of my job and my life. And I really do love it. And if I don't love it, Matt knows this, I will not do it. (laughs) Literally the other day. I'm not not moving. (laughs) We had that the other day, didn't we? You were like, actually, no, I'm not doing any more. I'm not doing any more biceps girls. I'm not. No, you are. Matt, enough. Enough. Jesse, just do them. You can do this. So Matt, you've had a really interesting journey and something that I would love to hear more about because I know a lot about this through Chessie and I went and did my research, read some of your (laughs) blogs. From the age 12, you were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And I want to know what that means Mm -hmm. and um, how that actually affected you growing up through your teenage years. Yeah, of course. So type 1 diabetes, it's an autoimmune disease. So essentially what happens is the beta cells in your pancreas, which produce insulin, Mm. they control your blood glucose levels. So if you were to have uh, something to eat now, say for example, I don't know, carbohydrate-based food, your levels would would probably go up a little bit, but then your pancreas would produce insulin, so your levels would come back down. So when I was diagnosed type 1 when I was, yeah, I think 12, maybe 13, something something around there. And my brother was also type 1 diabetic. So, But he um, had that from birth. He had, uh, no, he had that from, he was uh, about three years old. Yeah. So my mum kind of knew the symptoms to to look out for. So I lost a tremendous amount of weight. I was going to the toilet all the time. I was quite lethargic. Um, Yeah, just constantly sort of tired and just didn't feel right within my own skin. And I think my mum picked up on these signs because she'd seen it with Hugh, with my brother. Mm. So yeah, I was diagnosed at type 1 when I was 13. But but the thing is, I I had, um, since knowing chess, I've kind of really taken to sort of social media to use a platform. And the engagement I get with other diabetics on my platform is just amazing. I think it's so nice to have that. And I did my first diabetic event with Anita Beckwith, who's the lead dietitian for diabetes at King's College Hospital. So we did um, this event at One London about uh, six weeks ago. Mm. And it was amazing just to get like so many like type 1 diabetics in a room, like 60, 70 of us. Wow. And there was one. Say, yeah. I know what you're going through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it was really nice because it was the first time a lot of them had had that engagement. Yeah. One lad, he'd, he'd literally been diagnosed the week before, and his, oh, girl, wow. his girlfriend followed Chess on Instagram. And she said, Look, we'll go down to this. So he came down to the event like a week after he. He was diagnosed and it was great to get that sort of community and everything together that's, that's really cool but yeah i've never you know i've never let it stop me from doing anything and that's what i'm a big believer mm. on, on you know most people don't know i'm diabetic unless i tell them really so did you get into fitness because you wanted to improve your health you know in your teenage mm. years 
because of your diabetes, or yeah. was it something you just it was you went to sport and what was yeah, your yeah? I was naturally well. Essentially, I've actually come from quite like a theatrical background. Yes, like I my, hear an actor. Yeah, my my <laughs> mum's side of the family do a lot in Welsh television things like that. And but when I was that, I was. I, I just wanted to add, by the way, when you said your brother's name was Hugh Ellie, I thought that's perfect. Yeah. such a Welsh name, <laughs> yeah. Matthew yeah. and Matthew. That's it, <laughs> <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> so yeah, I got into. Uh, I've always had that theatrical side in the family, but I always kind of originally wanted to be personal training the. Air Force. That's what I wanted to do from quite a young oh, wow. age because my dad was in the Air Force. Uh, and unfortunately, because of my diabetes, I, I couldn't join. Mm. But I've always used, similarly, you know, how I talk to my clients, you know, fitness should be a way to enhance your life. It should never feel like a burden. And yeah. I feel like that sometimes people have a mindset where they feel like fitness is a chore rather than yes. it should be a, a way of life to, to give you longevity as such. The diabetes has never stopped me from doing anything. So I, when I first got into the fitness industry, I, I, you know, a lot of my clients they're type one diabetics because. How long ago was that? I got into fitness about five years ago now. Yeah. And yeah, I've been really grateful for some of the clients I've had. I've had some amazing clients along mm. the time. Towards the end of last year, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to take a bit of a step back from my one on ones. And then a few weeks ago, I kind of had a bit of a moment. Like I was like, no, I miss them. I miss them. Yeah, mm. I do. Because you, you know what it's like. Sometimes yeah. you get a. A connection with with a client but it's not just your teachings to the client is so much more than that like your teachings to the client it goes to their parents their friends mm. that they can help and you know the fitness industry is so much of a better place when when you have that personal connection and something we talk about a lot with personal training is that it's personal before it's training i was literally about to say yeah. it's in the title isn't it yeah mm. definitely and somebody said that when we were in mykonos a few months ago somebody said that to me i was like i've just never thought of it like yeah. that it is, and if you're a good people person, you'll you'll be a good personal trainer. Yeah, it's, so easy, you, it's easy to shout how many reps, how many steps. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. yeah. And form, form a connection with someone else. You get on with them, yeah. I yeah. just like to say, as a personal trainer, Matthew, back me up on this. Counting is actually the hardest part of the job. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Um, that's that's the, the thing the I'm worse at. Like six, nine, yeah. fourteen. I don't Honestly, know. I get called <laughs> out. Are you sweating? Good. Okay. Yeah, I get called out. Every day. <laughs> Every day. Tally, no, I've got one more rep. They're so honest, my clients. Yeah. I appreciate their honesty. Yeah, they don't cheat themselves. No, like they that. don't. They're amazing. But you were an actor. Yeah, well, like I studied that originally. So I went to university and then I did um, a bit of time in the States. And then I came back from my parents lived in Slanetley. I remember I came back from LA. Where do they live, sorry? Uh, Slanetley. <laughs> I yeah. can't even say it. Say it. No, there we go. That's a good effort. Was it? Yeah, that's pretty good. I think Ben wants to go as well. Slanetley. That's good. He's a rugby boy. Couple of Welsh scholars, yeah, 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 from Aberdeen. There we go. So yeah, I came back from LA. Went to my parents' place in Tenetley. I was like, I've got to move. So I literally threw everything in a bag and came across to London. I still dip in and out of that world, Mm. but then I got into the fitness industry and I loved it. You know more than I ever thought I could. But it's interesting. I was saying this to Ben before. You find you get a lot of people who sort of come across from that theatrical background yes. into the fitness industry. And because you have a platform like social media, it feels like you never stop performing. Um, yes. And, and, you know, fitness essentially it is a performance. You go to group classes and you, you go back to the groups because the trainer's good. Mm-hmm. And essentially the trainer is giving a performance yep. every time that, you know, they, they get people in. And if you can perform well, you know, people by people at the end of the day. So. You know what I find really interesting? That a lot of our group and a lot of the fitness mm. industry has actually got a musical theatre background yes. or, or even just an yeah. acting background. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people see our Instagrams now and they think we've been in this forever and this is what we've done forever. Yeah. But actually, if they saw our whole lives, they'd be like, oh, it makes sense. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you do need that confidence, that acting, that musical theatre background yeah. to actually, like Matt said, perform mm. and almost have that confidence to go, right, it's almost like a stage when you are doing classes and you are personal training because you need that confidence when i have my britney microphone yeah when i'm teaching spin 
Are you honestly in there like it? I <laughs> am in my element. And yeah, like I personally don't miss performing because I do perform every day. Yeah. Whether it's it. to one person or uh-huh. one of my clients, actually, this is a side subject, but she's um training to be a Pilates instructor. And she was saying, I just don't really like speaking out loud and everyone listening to my voice. <laughs> I was like, Are you kidding? <laughs> That's my favourite part. <laughs> I love it. I love the sound of my own voice. I was yeah. that kid at school that got up to speak and who, who wants to read? Yeah. <laughs> Me. <laughs> I'll read. Sit down, not again. I feel like someone should put on fitness the musical and just get <laughs> every single wow. person in the health and fitness industry to Would let's plant that seed. Oh, I don't know if you want to see me dance though. Fitness like. the musical. <laughs> Can that. you imagine? Trademark yeah. that quickly. <laughs> so Chessie, you started using social media to document your life. And that was around about the time I met you, which is oh three years God. ago, you know. And the funny thing is we have a video of Tally training me. I do. <laughs> and she put me on this bungee rope. Do you remember you put me on a bungee and I had to yes. go and run to get a um, sandbag yeah. and bring it back to you? And oh I, my goodness. And you didn't you like ping that? <laughs> <laughs> I wish we we will we will dig it out and we'll um, put it with when we announce this podcast. But the thing is, it's really interesting because people go, "Oh, how did you start Instagram?" And actually, I never knew Instagram was even people could see it. Right? Mm. So I'd say about three and a half years ago, I saw this thing called Instagram, and I was like, "Oh, what is this? It's an editing platform." So I started putting loads of filters. No, but on. it was. That's what it was. Originally it was. Made it was, as. wasn't it? And mm. No one really saw it. And I had about three followers, and they were like, "Oh, by the way, you've posted the same photo three times." <laughs> filters I was like yeah but I thought that's what it was yeah so I was like where Valencia and all of this anyway so then my sister I was presenting a lot at the time and I was doing a lot for okay magazine so I was on their red carpet every night presenting so interviewing and I was meeting all these people that I never like thought I'd even meet let alone interview and my sister (laughs) (laughs) I have actually met her she's lovely um and I was interviewing all these people and my sister who's obviously grown up with Instagram Bronte who is 21 this year so they have been thrust with Instagram mm. and social media in their hands they've grown up with it and um, she went oh Jess I think you should really start sharing more of your life on Instagram and I was like no one wants to see what I'm doing Bronson and she was like no seriously like and I'd just done a really cool thing for Soccer Aid and it was the charity match against celebrities and, and legend football players and I'd interviewed all of the celebrities and I basically put up a clip of me speaking to Robbie Williams and Jamie Theakston there was a big group of them Molly Mers and whatever and there was like a funny moment that I put the uh, it wasn't even video then it was just a photo and then quite a few people were like oh that's cool I didn't realise that you were doing this stuff and then a lot of people thought I was doing better than I was because obviously I was with these Mm. people but I really wasn't and then I started just sharing and because I was presenting I was like oh I'm going to start following people so literally you were one of the first people I followed and Alice and I mean all of the girls I remember Kat Mefan Lottie Murphy all of these girls that now I'm really lucky to call my friends. And, and who you actually introduced me to a lot of these people. Well, I try to like merge everyone you and are. go, yeah. Um, so I messaged everyone going, so I'm a presenter. I really want to show more than just a food picture because a lot of people were just posting food, weren't Instagram they? Alice was wasn't a thing. No, it wasn't. So I was like, I didn't even know people's faces. At- Exactly. Really? So I said, I want to show more of you. So can I do a day in the life of you? I remember this. Yeah, meeting. literally. Yeah. So I met a lot of people and I was like, oh, this is cool. And obviously I was spending a lot of time with you and mm. a lot of the the girls in the industry and going, oh, my God, this is quite cool. Like going to classes and all of this. And I posted the first one and video had just come on. It was 15 seconds. So I was like, I did Alice's yeah. and um, cleaning to Alice at the time. And I was like, right, Alice, we've got to fit a whole day into 15, 15. seconds. <laughs> 
and I'd obviously filmed it, edited it, and posted it. And everyone's like, "Oh, this is really cool!" Like, because I actually showed Alice, yeah. not just food. And I started to just spend time in the fitness industry. And I think over the three years, I've really developed kind of my Instagram as just a support platform. It's a safe place for people to come to. I don't just talk about one thing. Yeah. I'm not just posting my outfits and literally saying where it's from. And it does leave me open to obviously a lot of the negative sides mm. of social media. But I'm just trying to like fight that off. But I think that I've kind of always shown every side of my life. And I've like let a lot of people in to just try and be relatable and go, oh, if Chessie's been through that, then I can go through yeah. it and come out of it in a good way. And recently you shared your story of going deaf in one ear yes. and getting tinnitus. Yeah, so, I mean, the tinnitus is live right now. When I have headphones on, it's so weird because people are like, oh, do you put both of them in? And I'm like, well, no, because I can't hear in that ear. But then it feels weird to have one, I- one yeah. ear on. I think because I have shared everything from be- losing my hearing to going through my like body journey to then losing family members to yeah. then and I think Matt and I obviously share a lot of us together I think that I've just kind of opened it up to everyone going oh at least one person can relate to something yes. and kind of go okay well Chess is going through that and I'm not just like oh my god I'm going through death and it's amazing and I found a hearing aid and it works like I've actually gone it's really hard mm-hmm. and and people the more I share the more I get help from people yeah. and I find that like you can create such and Matt's done it with obviously diabetes you can create such a community that everyone helps mm. everyone and it's not just people commenting on your profile it's going they, they talk to each other they talk they? to each other yeah. and that's what's so lovely like there are moments where I go I hate Instagram and I wish I wasn't on it and I really really don't want to be on it and I'm like right that's it I'm done but there are also moments and Matt reminds me like we are helping each other and it's mm. such a lovely community when you do help each other and when I meet people in person, that for me is so much mm. more important and precious that time with someone person to person instead of online. But obviously you need that online to then open Bridge you up. The gap. To, yeah. yeah. So social media has become an integral part of both of your jobs mm-hmm. now and Matt more recently. So did you expect that? And like, how has it shaped your career? I don't know. I mean, I suppose I remember like first going on Instagram. Like, How, how many years is Instagram been about now? Oh, five oh. years, probably. Six, uh, probably before I, that. Yeah. Six, six. I've been using six, it for about six. five years, yeah. I think. Yeah, and yeah. very similar. I remember one of my first photos is probably like a strange food photo or me and my old balcony or something. But I suppose after meeting Chess, I really kind of, I've always used it, I suppose. Mm. But I kind of just thought it was, oh, I could use it and put photos and things like that as well. But somebody on like like Chess's platform with or, or yours, Hayley, somebody who has such big numbers, I kind of feel like it baffles me people who have such a large platform and then don't do good with it. Yeah. If, if, that, if that makes sense. I just find it like I've only been using it properly for a year. And to see the, the people that you can help in that short space of time with just the following that I have, it gives me the drive to push forward and want to go even further with it. It's a privilege to have that platform. It's exactly. a privilege to have yeah. that voice. Mm-hmm. And it's such a responsibility, I yeah. find. Yeah. And and like Matt's saying, the people with 2 million, 3 million followers who are literally putting up a picture of them with a Slim Shake or a mm. Detox Tea, and you're like, 
what are you doing? Mm. Why are people yeah. following you? Yeah. It's so, and, we, and then there's knowledge like the people in the industry that yeah. know so oh, much, much and could help. And so you wish they people. had more numbers. Yeah, well, we often found yeah. like with some of the accounts that, that I follow, some of them, you know, with just a, a few hundred followers or a couple of thousand followers. I mean, their content is so good, but yeah. sometimes people can sometimes feel like overwhelmed by you see these these bigger accounts and you think, I don't know how I'm going to possibly going to get to there. But I mean, if your content is good, it's going back to what we spoke of before, people by people at the end of the day. They and, do. And and you know there's no reason why somebody shouldn't follow you like it just keep putting out good and most important make the content relatable i think with with the fitness industry it's and you know we speak about i think sometimes the fitness industry takes itself a little bit too seriously yeah i used to be a trainer at unit and one of my clients used to be like you know i'm never going to train there because i've seen some of the girls that come out there they all look like sort of models and things and i've seen some of the photos that you that people post on social media there and they feel intimidated and they feel intimidated yeah. and it, it's really interesting because that's the part for me that's where i get the most gratification out of the fitness industry it's helping people like that not, you know, the people who are always in shape going to these classes and mm. things like that. I think, like, we have a duty and an obligation to help these people. When these people do get these light bulb moments, mm. it's so satisfying. Yeah. Uh, and you take so much satisfaction from it. Like, I had one of my diabetic clients I've been seeing for years. She never had issues with her weight, but she always wanted to just lose a little bit more. And I think we overcomplicate things. Then I saw her the, the other day, and she looks amazing at the moment. And I was just like, what have you been doing that, that's different? And she's like, well, I wasn't really... Um, that hungry at breakfast but I was always eating a big breakfast so you know that would put her mindset in a place where okay I've had a big breakfast and then I can go and have a big lunch and then I can go and have a big dinner she was like oh I don't actually really need it so I kind of fast till midday and I've just increased my you know total daily energy expenditure so I just I cycle and I walk everywhere now and it's as simple as that really and, mm. I, and I think people on their fat loss journey or the yeah I prefer to say fat loss over weight loss is that sometimes we do overcomplicate it we go on Instagram we see some of these exercises some of these these meal plans that are put together and I think it's just getting back to what the basics and, and what people really need yeah I personally am so passionate about promoting health over um and I think Chessie I think you've been through a similar journey to me and it's like health and what works for you over what necessarily you look like yeah. and um and like each person is an individual and what one person says on social media has worked for them mm. probably won't work for you because yeah. you're very different to them and I think I think the biggest thing we can do is empower people to trust themselves, trust their gut and give them the, you know, knowledge knowledge. and education that they can make those informed choices. That's it, because I think it's so easy to follow these people and to follow these routines and the fitness accounts that have thousands of Mm. followers and they're just putting out workouts but actually I have so many people coming to me going I hate the gym and I go well that's fine don't go to the gym if you hate it don't go to it why don't we try trampolining why don't we try climbing why don't we try cycling or something that's out of the gym yeah exactly it doesn't need to be struggle with is is, you know if you can see yourself doing something in a year's time then do that mm-hmm. if you don't like going to the gym if you don't like a, a spin class then don't do it like mm. it's as simple as that you're never gonna it's the same with kind of you know the whole diet plans and everything why they don't work is because you can't see yourself it's the sustainability of it if are you, you going to s- be doing it in 99 yeah no. exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah but can you eat really good food and yeah. and exercise regularly mm-hmm. and yeah. have the energy as well yeah. i think yeah. a lot of people say oh how do you get out of bed in the mornings like, i don't have the energy and i'm like well you're doing something wrong let's <laughs> look mm. into that yeah. because mm. 
it's that whole I've been through it where I wasn't eating and it was very unhealthy and I I diagnosed self-diagnosed myself with I was like oh I must have a problem because I have no energy it's because you're not eating Jess and because you're exercising on no fuel like I don't even think about calories anymore I don't even think about the fat content and the Mm. all of this I just go well that's going to fuel my workout and I know that it's goodness Mm. and and then I like it's just education and I think that even if you're not going to go and do a personal training course at least sit down and go right so this is what I'm eating it's clearly not working for me so let's go and see a nutritionist let's go and see a specialist stop spending your money on all of these like fat loss pills or things that don't work do you know what I was doing an interview the other day and this woman said she bought a pen of liquid that she injects herself with (gasps) and it's meant to help her miraculously lose weight she spent 300 pounds on this pen and then the the interviewer proceeded to say so do you believe that the diet industry works um or are they just trying to make loads of money? Because I think they're making loads of money. And saying, but you just bought into it. And she's like, yes, I did. Yeah. But like, it's sad that people... And it's just want... a shame that's the way, you know, how marketing is so yeah. heavily impacted by yeah. that. And like £300, you could go and have a person, oh like goodness. four or five personal training yeah. sessions yeah. with you two and learn so much from it. But yet people think, oh, personal, tra- personal training and nutritionists are so expensive. Mm-hmm. But actually, to find what's going on, you need to know what, what mm. from the start, not just, oh, I'm going to solve it with a... F- Injection that you don't even know what's in it. Mm. Injection should be. I think it's something I want to pick back up on actually, something we were speaking about before about the whole um, how sort of girls deal with food and everything. I think it's kind of quite an interesting, uh, I suppose, like juxtaposition between how how guys and girls do it. Because I remember I was in a, a similar position and I built a really, really unhealthy relationship with food. And I just think guys, we tend to emote a little bit less about this. I think girls are very, very good at doing it. They will talk about it. But guys kind of will keep it to ourselves. And I remember I, I we, comp- we competed, didn't we? So we kind of did it at the same time. And I remember I got... You know, I, I look, you know, people would see me in the mirror and say, oh, yeah, you look amazing. You look incredible. But the first thing I did when I went to the show is I compared myself to all the other guys mm. there and all the hard work I did over 12 weeks. I just thought it was a waste of time. Why am I mm. here? You know, it was the best potential I ever looked, but the worst I ever felt. Matt, I'm so glad you're talking about this because I often think like I can shout from the rooftops for women. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I'm qualified to do. But to like. Go. Ben yeah. and Matt, we need you. Yeah. Yeah. We need you. I, I do feel like, uh, particularly in the social media environment, mm-hmm. more women are more openly spoken about yes. this. Yeah. I think guys maybe just, you know, they look and they take it on board, mm-hmm. but we probably just suck it in a little bit and mm-hmm. don't yeah, really, yeah. maybe literally yeah, metaphorically. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> no. I think the insecurities and the things that we talk mm-hmm. about, chess in terms of like the body confidence stuff, yeah. um, it's going on with men too. Of course. Absolutely. And I can see, I mean, I work in a gym that's predominantly with male trainers and actually the unhealthy relationships those trainers have with their bodies yeah. and it's actually really distressing yeah. but you know it's difficult to know what when it's your place to say and I think yeah. Matt keep doing what you're doing right so you two would you have met without social media do you think because you are a couple obviously um, obviously it brought you together Instagram <laughs> so. no we met without social Every, media what yeah. Did you yeah. yeah we met at that of uh, we met at an event in like a weird car park um, we, <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. Would you say, that was another it night. was a yeah. fitness yeah. event <laughs> but you were brought there because of social media oh of course so yeah. Yeah. it's all linked I, my mum always my mum's so cute she goes I think you would have been best friends when you were younger like because we're Aww. so similar and we've had similar upbringings like yeah. um, we are just best friends um, and also more than best friends <laughs> um, but um, I think we I think we would have it's just yeah without social media you're right I, I 
wouldn't have been at that event and but I think uh, like you'd never really seen my social media before you met me not really oh, really no. not really no so you I kind of like I, yeah I kind of knew who Jessie was and I knew sort of knew lot of her the, knew of her yeah what did you know um very <laughs> I just recognized her face and her loud loud voice yes you do hear it a mile off <laughs> hello Chess, what sort of impact would you say that meeting Matt has had on your life, personally and professionally? Oh, um, I think Matt has really taught me that not all men are horrible. Yeah. But like, I, I, that sounds really horrible. Like, I have, I'm so lucky that my, my, my relationship with my dad is so strong and he has literally grown me up, brought me up, um, and I've got that strong father figure and it's lovely. But I think... I, I just got into my head that all these guys were out to get me and mm. they hated what I did. You've they hated Instagram. Some tough time. Yeah. And I think when I met Matt, we were quite like, we never thought that it was going to be anything. And mm. it was really nice to develop that friendship. And he only ever really saw me sweat. It was, it was at <laughs> unit. So I basically was going to all his classes, but he thought I was going to everyone's classes. He was like, oh, you've become a regular here. And I was like, yeah, 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 I come here all the time. Um, and then <laughs> and he, it really was just to see And Matt. it was just oh. to see Matt. And it was oh. actually because I loved the way yeah, he trained and classes, he, yeah. he made me feel amazing. Like, literally, I wouldn't even think anything more than just him being a trainer at unit, but I'd be so empowered by his classes and i come away feeling amazing. And, like, it was only when I... it was like, I'd been to maybe 10 of his classes and he was like, oh, so who, are the, who else has classes? And I, like, looked at my thing like it shows me my previous classes it was like Matthew Carter Matthew Carter hadn't been to anyone else's but it was only when we really started getting to each other outside of me just sweating and dripping with sweat that I was like oh my god he is so like inspirational and mm. I think with not just his diabetes but I think that really gives me so much like I'm so inspired by Matt and the way that he deals with it. And it is just incredible what, like, without social media, and obviously social media helps him to reach these people mm. that he's helping. But every person that knows Matt is like, he's in, he is amazing. He's mm. like just so kind but with such a lovely way about him he'll always listen. And I think for me it's really balanced me out in such a calming way like I do feel much calmer like mm. you know that I can be absolutely mad but I'm such a chameleon like I'm, I think you have calmed I have calmed down and a lot you of people have. say like oh my god are you okay and I'm like yeah I'm fine I'm just really <laughs> happy with being like not like ah! yeah but it was never like a forced oh my no. god like energy but I think Matt has really made me understand that I don't need to be doing something 24 7 which and I, it's always that like I can just be so open and when Instagram or my work gets too much Matt can just remind me why I'm doing it mm. and he sees what I do and like I think we're just so uh, like because everyone who obviously sees us in real life is like oh my god you are, are actually like that both yeah. of you both and really also together to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really annoying um, and I yeah I th I'm just so grateful that we can kind of go through this together on Instagram and offline yeah, um, and have each other for mm -hmm. that support when we need it but also just to like encourage each other like when Matt has an idea I'm like yes like yeah, I'm literally well, his number like one said, fan like, like you, what you were saying I think the whole diabetic event that was Chessie's idea she was like you should do it you've got a platform do it and I was always a little bit like oh maybe I need it to grow a little bit more mm. and then she was like no just do it do it and then I did for that and I think you know since I started being with Chessie it's amazing to see from the offset, the work that she puts in on 
on social media just answering questions. Like yeah. she gets so many questions. I think the first couple of weeks she would just kind of just say that and it's just part of the job. But she's just the dedication that she has to helping the community grow and just, just helping other people is, you know, first and foremost. That's I think that's why we bounce off each other so well, really. I think that's something to be admired about all three of you, really, and the depth of engagement. Mm -hmm. um, you're not just putting a photo up and then not going back to your platform for yeah. two or three Waiting days. Waiting for the likes to It really is in. obvious <laughs> yeah. when, yeah, yeah, really is obvious that you're going in and, and engaging with people and yeah. giving quite detailed answers. I think that's a um, mm -hmm. testament to why you've all got the profiles you have. Thanks, Thanks Ben. Thank you. Thanks. It's like blush. And like you said, like, you guys are really open and honest and, like, Chess, I think you're the queen of Instagram versus reality. And I think, Matt, you love to dispel myths in your own tongue-in-cheek mm. way. <laughs> Why do you share these? And and how do you feel about the like negative reaction you might get from those things? Well, I think we see so much of people's highlight reels. Mm. We see it all the time. And it's something we try to do. And you know, something I said to Chess you know, a couple of months ago, just first 30 minutes in the morning, do not look at social media because it's very, um, you know, waking up anyway, it's quite a stressful process. And then the first thing you do is reach to your phone and you get comments that are slightly negative or anything. It puts you in a very reactive state mm. from the start. So we're actually both quite good. And we don't actually spend like, when we're together, we're, we're very much together. You know, if there's like videos and content we need to create, we'll do that. But, you know, there's times, you know, we, we don't sit at the table and go through our phone or anything yeah. like that. I think we have a, you have to draw the boundaries. a very healthy relationship mm. with it. But I think, you know, I've, Touchwood haven't had a, a great deal of Chris. I just kind of laugh it off anyway, mm. really, you know, from these fake accounts who probably just sat in their mum's basement somewhere typing nonsense. Mm. I, I kind of actually want to help those people. You, people you get negative yeah. comments from, they're, they're speaking negative comments for a reason. You know, they're hurting somewhere. It'd be great That's if you exactly kind of help That's exactly how them. I feel about it, yeah. Um, and I think we're both quite similar like that. Yeah, I think it's really... It's, it is really difficult when you are giving so much. And what people don't understand is that nine out of ten jobs that I get approached on, like for paid posts, I say no to. I only work with one protein company, Waybox. I only work with one gymwear brand. I only work, like, I mm. never say yes and I never sell out. Like, I will have to use the product for a long time to say yes. Because mm. I'm like, that's my responsibility. If I'm putting something out there that is disgusting, like, I know people on Instagram that don't even use the yeah. stuff have never even touched it right. and then they're being paid they like a thousand pounds for a post that they don't even know what the product is they don't open the box so they exactly. take a picture of the box exactly. there you go done so I think with, with the negativity I do find it difficult and I've always always tried to just like look at it laugh block them delete them it's out and that's I'm mm -hmm. like oh poor them like and I do feel the same way as Matt but also I I've got to the point now where I'm like, hold on, you're you're saying this negative stuff, but actually you don't realise what the time we put into the content, mm. the time we actually put into our caption to help you, mm. and most of it is unpaid. A lot of it is, but mm. I do create a, so much stuff that you do. is unpaid, and I'm mm. trying to put my stuff in the captions. And like Ben said, not just posting a photo with an emoji going, look how amazing I look, because that is not what my profile is about. And I've always tried to help people in the captions, reply to stuff. And mm. I want it to be... And sometimes I wish that it was just... I wish I could just get all these people that follow me in front of me and them to ask me questions face-to-face -face because I genuinely am doing it to help. I'm not doing it because it makes me money. I'm not doing it because I love watching my numbers go up. I don't even know what followers... I mm. Like, people are like, oh, how many followers are you on? And I'm like, I literally don't... Some people that don't even meet us are like, oh, so what following are you on? And I'm like... I don't know. I literally have no idea. Mm. But I think a lot of people are in Instagram for the wrong reasons. Yes. And then they take the negativity 
obviously like oh but they're trolls and whatever but actually when you when you do put stuff in and you put you put your whole life into it obviously it's part of my job it's not my full job it does it does make you feel like what 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 why are you saying this like mm. i i do i do find it difficult and i am very thick-skinned like people can say stuff to me face to face and i'll just be like oh, whatever mm. but actually it does add up and mm. then no matter how many times you brush it a negative comment down, yeah. it can and i do have moments like and i'm so open to say like i like i literally cried this morning about it and mm. i was like this is getting too much but matt obviously takes me back to that moment and goes chess you are helping so many people mm. and then i have to remind myself I'm not doing it for the for the tiny percentage yeah. of horrible comments that I'm getting that don't even care and when I do reply to them they go I'm so sorry I, I was just saying this and they just want the attention and actually at the end of the day like Matt said they are they're, they're not happy they're not in a good place project, projecting something yeah, internally exactly. onto someone else totally, yeah. yeah I think social media it always you it needs to be bigger than you like with your platform it's the people that you're serving that you need to look out oh, for yeah. like if you do that you see you can see it when you go on people's profiles straight away like you can see if they're genuine or not by by the content they're putting out and if they're sort of doing it for the right reasons then great follow that person and if you're following people that that make you feel bad that make you feel you know a little bit you know unsure about yourself just unfollow them like have a bit of a have a bit of cleanse yeah it's a great way to do it I always do that and like we were saying with big followings I much prefer finding accounts that have 300 400 followers that are actually putting amazing stuff out there and going oh my god they know what they're talking about I much prefer to follow someone like that than one of the five million Kardashian like one of the Kardashians (laughs) that doesn't have a clue but as influencers I think like you said, we have this privileged platform and we can mm. use it to help people find those accounts. Yep. And like, I love, I think something I really am trying to work on personally is like sharing smaller accounts more yeah. and getting yeah, getting more uh, getting more people out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Just working with like smaller awareness. businesses and things like yeah. that as well. Yeah, it? I love that. I much mm. prefer to work with a startup and follow them on their journey mm. from the start <laughs> to then, well, that's no, I where, honestly this is do. The, this yeah. is the way books journey because I met so. you guys and you'd been in a company for six weeks. Yeah, 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 exa- yeah, exactly. And I think for, from like from a small business point of view like we're not a big like conglomerate like mm. trying to like profit driven we were just a small business you know that we set up as a passion project and like you say it all happens organically and I think you, you guys can own the influencer term because you, you are you, you are influential to probably more people than you know sometimes definitely from a small business perspective it's um, yeah it's really powerful to work with people that you know will represent your brand well yeah. and align with your values and like you say that aren't just getting paid a big chunk of money to put a post up and and that be the end of it i think you create real community um and a real character about it this has been such an interesting chat guys we're gonna wrap it up i have three i always say they're questions but they're really sentences for you to finish oh amazing Um, so you can take it in turn and the first one is the biggest misconception about me is Ooh, the biggest misconception about me is... That you're ginger. I was about to say, you're not very ginger. (laughs) African sunset. African sunset, that's what you see. The biggest misconception about me is, I think going back to the whole social media thing, that life isn't all... You see a lot of good on the social media Mm. platform, but just like everybody else, I have my my own struggles, I have my own insecurities, but using that platform to talk about it, to talk about any issues like that, it will, um, yeah, it will, it will come and pay dividends, really. And chess? That I am. Say it. <laughs> that I'm super tough and thick-skinned, and nothing gets to me. But it actually does, and I really try and battle that and show that it doesn't get to me. 
but it does. You're human. Yeah, and I'm that's okay. <laughs> if there is one thing I can use my platform to change, it would be people's mindset to create a mindset shift of I can rather than I can't. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Like living life just to be happy instead of just wasting time hating on parts of your body, hating on parts of your life, hating the people that are in it. Preach it, girl. Just literally being happy and doing things that make you smile. (laughs) And my ultimate goal is to... Build a platform to help as many type 1 and type 2 diabetics around the world so they never feel like they cannot do something. To uh, have this community of people, like a strong community that even when Instagram is not a thing and we're not using Instagram or social media, that we can actually meet in real life Mm. and all be empowered and happy and smiley. I love that. (laughs) Bring me popcorn. Guys, this has been a great chat, Ben, hasn't it? Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having us. I know, it's been an absolute pleasure to sit here all day and talk. (laughs) Guys, where can people follow you? Chessie King um, with a double G because I don't know what happened to someone with a single G on Instagram. I've never noticed you had a double Chessie G. Chessie King double G and everyone like writes it actually thinking that my name's King with a double G and I'm like, no, someone King with stole. a double G. That sounds like <laughs> a double rap G. <laughs> And I'm Matthew L. Carter on Instagram. It's Matthew with just one T and uh, yeah, MatthewLewisCarter.com. I do quite a bit of blogging and stuff as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, Thank you guys. so Thank much for having us. Waybox and Tally. Oh, you're <laughs> Thank welcome. you guys. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. It's Ben from Waybox. Thank you for listening. If you have any feedback, please let us know at Waybox or at Tally Wright. Thanks for listening to the Waybox podcast. <laughs>